Bible podcast. We hope you'll enjoy this message by Pastor Joey Bonifacio. Relationships are at the core of who we are and who we are as a people. And it's important for us not to know the fact that relationships are at the core of who we are. It's important to not just know, but to understand why. And it's one thing to know and understand. It's a totally different thing to accept the fact that this is the core of all of our existence. And finally, when we've learned to know, understand, and accept something, then we can fully embrace it. And only then can we arrive at the place of mastery. Mastery is when you master something and you realize that at the core of it is the knowledge of it, the understanding, the embracing, and the accepting of this thing. Entitled this message, Mastering the Core. At the core of our lives is relationships, and the word core connects the thing that holds everything together, whether that be our families, our lives, our businesses, the the world around us, politics, whatever it is, it is all about relationships. When you look at the earth, the earth has a core. The structure of the earth is at its core. It starts out with its crust, which is the outer layer of the earth, which is the thing that you and I walk on. And it's kind of deep, about seven kilometers, depending on where you are, and 60 kilometers deep down into leading to the core. Depending on the topography of the area, for example, the perspective is Mount Everest is only 8.8 kilometers in height. This is about 60 kilometers in depth. And right down there, you arrive at what is known as the mantle of the core. It is made primarily of sand and silica and rock formations and minerals that represent 67% of the Earth's total mass. It is approximately 2,800 kilometers in depth, leading to an outer core, which is mostly made of liquefied iron and nickel, roughly about 2,200 kilometers in depth, and finally you arrive at the core. The core is about 1,200 kilometers in radius. It would be the distance between New York and Chicago, and take that into a full radius, and that's the size of a literally solid metal base made of iron, nickel, and other minerals that is solid. It creates a magnetic force, a core, that pulls all of these different things together. That's what the core does, and that's what relationship does. It's a magnetic force that pulls all of of our lives together. At the core of a fruit is its seeds, the ability to reproduce itself. At the core of our bodies is a core that holds everything together. And I want to express to you to know, to understand, to accept, and to embrace that that is relationships. Knowing it, understanding it, accepting it, and embracing it will cause us over the course of the next four weeks to arrive at mastery. My first point today is at the core of creation. At the core of creation is that all creation is interrelated. We find that in Genesis chapter 1. In verse 2, the Bible says, Now the earth was formless and empty. There was nothing that had been created. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. The Spirit of God, God alone, was in existence at that moment in time and hovering over the waters. Now watch what happens or what happened in chapter 1, verse 1. Now the in the beginning, God created. God created what? He created the beginning, which is time. And time at its core is the past, the present, and the future, and they're interrelated. You cannot survive in time without your past, without your present, without your future. The entirety of all that God created primarily in this portion of time is interrelated. Notice the verse further. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens. Speaking of this time, space. 
And space cannot exist without length, without width, and without height. I have a length, I have a width, and I have a height because that is an interrelatedness of time and, of course, space. And finally, that one verse, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, is so filled with truth and interrelation, it actually says God created the heavens and also the earth. The earth represents matter, which we know is solid, which is liquid, and also gas. These three things combine and are interrelated to form what we know as matter. Time, space, and matter are interrelated. At the core of all of creation, at the core center of the earth, is an interrelatedness that brings everything together and somehow informs us that everything is relational. All of creation is interconnected. We find that in Genesis chapter 1, again, where God creates the day and the night, and God creates the sky and the sea, and land and vegetation, the sun, the moon, and the fish and the birds, and he creates humans and animals on the sixth day. These six components of creation show us that life is not just interrelated, they are interconnected. There is no way that we can live out life without the interrelatedness and interconnectedness or the pointing to us that relationships is at the core of the very creation of God. Finally, because we are interrelated and interconnected, then all of creation is interdependent. That's why when you walk in the nature, when you see all of creation, when you have a revelation, know, understand, accept, and embrace that this is at the core of all of our existence. The second point is at the core of the creator. The reason why at the core of creation is relationships is because at the core of our creator, who is God himself, is relationships. Now, throughout the centuries, throughout the eons of history, we find people trying to attest to a God that is polytheistic, meaning many different gods serving many different purposes. We find that in Greek, Egyptian, Babylonian, in various eras and eons of years and decades and centuries that people have always attributed to a higher being called God, but they've always believed in the polytheistic existence of gods, many different gods serving many different purposes. Apart from that, there are also cultures and religions that believe in their idea of a monotheistic God, just one God. However, what makes the core of the God that we serve really unique and different is because of core of, of core of our creator is a one-of-a-kind God. He's not monotheistic, neither is he polytheistic. Genesis, again, chapter 1, informs us of this. Genesis 1 verse 3 says that God said, the singular entity person, God himself, let there be light, and there was light. Then followed by verse 6, where he says, God said, let there be the vault between the heavens and the, and, and the waters. And five times this words, God said, is repeated. Finally, we reach Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, where it says, God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. There is a, a, a picture of God who is not monotheistic or polytheistic. Rather, he's a God in three persons in one. The implication is that God is capable of having a relationship unto himself. There is no other religion, belief, or any kind of writing that points out to a unique God who is God in three persons. This idea of a God in three persons is not just isolated in Genesis. It is actually peppered out throughout the entire Bible. Here are some of those verses that you can see. 
many verses that explain this idea and this concept of a God in three persons. One of the verses is Jesus himself saying in John 14, 26, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. In that one line, we find the three persons of God. Here he is, the Holy Spirit, and here he is the Father, and here he is sending the Son in my name. And, and as a result of that, because of this Trinitarian reality, because of this relational quality of God, he will teach you all things and remind you everything I have said to you. There are many ways that you can picture the Trinity, which is actually very hard to explain, simply because you cannot fully explain God. But rather than trying to explain it, is to accept the fact that he is, at the core of his being, a relational God. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit represents the fullness of who God is and his ability to relate upon himself and does really not need anyone or anybody to relate to. He himself is at the core a relationship. Another verse to remember is in John chapter 3, verse 34. It says, For the one whom God sent speaks the words of God, for God gives the Spirit without limit. Watch this. The one whom God, the Father, sent speaks the word of God, speaking of Jesus, for God gives the Spirit without limit. Now notice the next verse where it says, The Father loves the Son and has placed everything in His hands. This is a powerful truth about the Trinity. The Father shows us that there are different roles, but there are equal values. And there's a loving authority of a father giving to the son who joyfully submits and accepts. Here's a point where this relationship is other honoring, one honoring each other, and other self-limiting itself and saying, this is a role that you are to play. This is the beauty of a God of relationships. Finally, we arrive at Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went out of the water, and out of that very moment, heaven opened, and the Spirit of God, there you find the two persons in the Trinity, and descending like a dove and alighting on him. In verse 17, it says, And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son. There the Father speaks. At the core of our Creator is a one-of-a-kind God. The more we understand this, the more we accept this, the more we embrace this truth, and understand it fully to its reality, the more we will understand the core of relationships. It's not only is God is a one-of-a-kind God, He's a kind of God, a guide of relationships. In Genesis, again, in the second chapter of chapter 2, verse 2, it says, By the seventh day, God finished all the work He had been doing. Now, notice, the completion of all creation is in day 6, and on the seventh day, God ordained and decided I am stopping my work and resting. After God made everything that was interrelated, interconnected, and interdependent, on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. The obvious truth is God does not get tired or weary, for he is God. The purpose of resting was not because he was tired or exhausted, was because he wanted to sit back and enjoy all of creation. The point in saying all of this is because God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on its day, he enjoyed all the work he had created. And the interesting thing is, God did not make us on the first day, second day, third, fourth, fifth day. He made us on the sixth day because his intent was when we woke up on the seventh day, the first thing we would see was God enjoying his work with us. A statement to the truth that God at the core is one of a kind and is a God of relationships. And thirdly, he's a God of freedom. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 tells us 
that God put the man in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Notice that work only began after he had enjoyed a relationship with us. And the Lord, God commanded the man. This is literally the very first commandment in the entirety of the Bible. And the command is, you are free. Freedom is a measure of love and relationship. It's a dictum that says, you can walk away from this relationship. Love and relationship can only be had with freedom. If we are forced into loving God or having a relationship with God out of a fear of God, which is what monotheistic gods or other gods purport, then we are not walking in relationship. But at the core of the Father, the core of our Creator is a -a one-of-a-kind God, is a God of relationship, is a God who espouses freedom to love Him freely and build relationship with Him. If these two things were true, then at the core of our existence as mankind is relationships. We were created in the image of a relational God. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 repeatedly says, Let us make mankind in our image and likeness. We were created to be interrelated, interconnected, interdependent. We were created freely to love God and others. And because we were created as such, we have a capacity to love God and love one another. At the core of mankind is that we were created in the image of a relational God. We were created not to be alone. Back in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, it says, God said, it is not good for man to be alone. It is not good for you to be isolated. It is not good for you not to be interrelated, interconnected, and interdependent. It is not good for you to be freely loving God and others. It is not good for you simply. Notice we're in Genesis chapter 1. It keeps saying, that's good. God made it. It is good. It is good. And when he made mankind, he said, it is very good. And finally here he says, There's something that is not good, and that is when you're alone. I will make a helper suitable for him, whether that's a boss, a friend, a father, a mother, a spouse. In this case, it is a spouse. But God ordained it that we were created not to be alone. At the core of mankind is we were created in the image of a relational God, created not to be alone, created to be one with God. In him we live and we move and have our being, the Bible says. In him we are a people of relationships. The more we know this truth, the more we understand this truth, the more we accept this truth and embrace this truth, the more we will master the ultimate core of our existence. At the core of creation is that we are all a creation of all of, including us, are all interrelated. The all of creation is interconnected and all of creation is interdependent. At the core of the creator, is a creator who is one of a kind, a God who is relational and a God who gave us the freedom to relate with him freely. And at the core of all of mankind, we were created in the image of a relational God, created not to be alone and certainly created to be one with God. Join me in a short proclamation of Jesus our Lord as you pick up bread and cup and and join me in this short prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you that we are not made to be alone and we are not made to be independent, that we are created as creation has been designed to be in relationships. Teach us to relate with you and one another. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Thank you for listening to the Every Nation Singapore podcast. We hope you've been blessed by today's message. For more information, visit everynation.org.sg.